Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Dungeon Crawler Network presents Tales of Tamriel. Greetings and well met, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to episode 108 of Tales of Tamriel, brought to you by the Dungeon Crawler Network, and of course, our sponsors over at patreon.com slash dungeoncrawlernetwork. I want to give a special thank you to our two newest Patreon supporters, Jacob Mueller and Michael Scar 99 of Twitter. Thank you so much, guys. You are the best. Thank you for helping us keep the metaphorical torches lit, because that's what we do here. Uh, this is a special episode because we are fighting Khajiit, because she decides to be in every show. Um, we are streaming live to youtube.com slash Network as well as our Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash Network. So we're going to see how this works as I throw this cat off here. Handy dandy Khajiit spray. Bye, bye, bye. Khajiit has done nothing wrong. Khajiit always does stuff wrong. That's the That's why I have this... Official Tales of Tamriel. I'm going to put a logo here. Do you have a problem with Khajiit? Well, here you go. Tales of Tamriel Khajiit spray. Get rid of any pesky Khajiit anytime they're around you. <laughs> Add. Got to put that in there. All right. So, um, also, I've been messing with my audio volume a little bit. So if anyone's having issues hearing me, please let me know. I'm trying to get my uh, my volume levels to um, to an area consistent with the host. Because um, I'm always loud, because that's how it goes. All right, I'm your host, Jealous. With me, as always, Avi Optimal, the guy who's going to be monitoring both the chats and answering all of your questions. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's that's me right there. So no no messing up in there, because no messing up. That's right. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Nice. Nice. Uh, also, special shout out to our chat rooms, both on Twitch and on YouTube. Hey guys, you're the best. Um, I see our first thing from Zealot is Asari is hot sauce. So there you go. Oh, speaking of, we oh, have. Oh, I forgot. <laughs> we have Asari with us. The 
uh, moderator over at TamrielFoundry.com, as well as the errant penman and self-proclaimed MMO hobo. How are you, sir? Good, good. It's too early to be awake. Oh, At least I, I don't have to wear pants for this. You guys wear pants for this? I, I said I didn't. Oh, good. Cause... I put on a shirt. Okay. <laughs> just, just <laughs> Which is still nice, an accomplishment a, for a Sunday morning. Just a nice shirt. Well, if there weren't rules on YouTube and Twitch, we could go, you know, topless. But, you know, hey, whatever. Whatever. Uh, <laughs> Arkaneer in chat says, now your hosts are louder than you. Well, actually, that's a good thing because normally whenever I edit this in post-processing, my DB volume is like twice what everyone else's is. So normalization is a total, total pain in the butt. So, um, yeah, it is what it is. All right, guys, let's go ahead and move right on into news because we got a little bit to talk about this week. First off, um, I got a special note from our other co-host, Nate, who will be back next week or should be as long as, you know, his house doesn't run away on him. Um, but he sent me a message um, on my email saying that in a weird twist of fate, his real-world job posted something that's relevant to Tails. Um, he works over at Bloomsburg, so, um, and, you know, that's awesome <laughs> in the in the technology side. Uh, but they posted a news article in Bloomsburg. Uh, I believe it's Bloomsburg. 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 Well, I'm, I'm no trying S. to remember if he moved to a different No one. S. I'm so us. confused. Anyway, never mind. Regardless, it doesn't Bloomsburg. matter. Bloomsburg. It's the Chinese publication. <laughs> Bloomsburg. Bloomberg. Yeah, whatever. I'm not doing a shout-out for them, other than they're cool. <laughs> um, so we got news that Providence said to weigh options for video game maker ZeniMax. More or less, what this is saying is Providence Equity Partners, the private equity firm focused on technology, media, and telecommunications, is exploring options for portfolio company ZeniMax Media Inc. Um, the buyout firm has held talks with banks about what to do with its stake in the developer and distributor of video games, including possible initial public offering or a sale. Um, so who said a certain source who said he wanted to be, you know, remain private here. Uh, let's see here. Going on the business, which would probably draw interest from other private equity firms could be valued as at as much as 2.5 billion. No final decision has been made by Providence or has been made and promise may decide to retain the company. So, now, more or less what this is saying is ZeniMax Media, the parent company that controls uh, ZeniMax Online Studios, uh, Bethesda Softworks, id Software, a couple others, uh, that company is privately owned by a, um, a, a private equity company called Providence. Okay, And more or less what they're saying is they're considering either selling the company to another private equity or possibly opening it up to be publicly traded. Um, so, sorry. Let's hear some of your thoughts on this because we were talking pre-show about this. I'm going to throw you right in there. Okay. Well, I won't, I won't go over what you said you wanted to talk about, but I, I think you know, anytime you see a company being sold to private equity, it's kind of scary because you don't really know how it's going to turn out. Is it going to be something like the firm that already owns Cinemax? It's interested in growing it as a business. Or is it going to be something more like, uh, I forget the name of the equity firm that owns Daybreak Games now, where they're, Columbus where, Hill. you know, you, you kind of, yeah, come in. Uh, they're, they're what 
people refer to colloquially as vulture capitalists. You come in, you kind of load the company up with uh, management fees and just kind of extract the cash. You know, if you can leverage it and then pay, you know, your management fees with liabilities, uh, you, you know, by taking out loans to get that cash and then drive the company into the ground, getting as much cash back into you as possible. Uh, that, that's a way that people make money that could be really scary. I, I don't think it would happen with a company that's quite successful, but you, you never know. Because uh, I think, what was the big toy company? Uh, like EB Toys or something like that? EB Games, I know that was one that got Yeah, out. it was, yeah, it was, it was KB Toy. It was something like that, you know, one that was in every mall in America, you know, that was bought by private equity. And then they loaded it up with leverage, extracted the management fees, and ran it straight into the ground. Uh, so hopefully that doesn't happen. But I, I think with, you know, a company as prominent as Bethesda, Cinemax, you know, all of those, they've got Doom, it's besides all of the Bethesda games that we know and love, that's not likely to happen. Uh, Daybreak didn't really have anything, you know, when they were SOE at this point. They were, they were kind of prominent back in the... Uh, you know, early days of MMOs as SOE, and then, you know, EverQuest Next was kind of exciting, but didn't go anywhere, and that was kind of it. Uh, and then after that, they were just coasting on old EverQuest games and uh, the tears of Star Wars Galaxy supporters. <laughs> as I'm trying to get my cat out of here. Go away. Go away. <laughs> I, just heard, I just heard about this, so I agree with everything he says. <laughs> That's where I stand. Nice. Oh, and an IPO could I I don't I don't know. I worry an IPO could put you in sort of an EA situation where you get answering to investors who don't really give a crap about the industry at all. Uh, you know, and just want to see returns and then start pushing things out the door very quickly. Uh as, as I've joked before, I think it's great that EA stands for both electronic arts and early access because you're pretty much getting the same thing in both situations. <laughs> <laughs> so those would be my fears. Um, be fears. And I have no positives because I am afraid of change. Nice. Yeah, uh, change is never good. Well, I mean, can, can you imagine a Bethesda game like like Skyrim, especially getting pushed out earlier? I mean, they're already so buggy. Yep. <laughs> I agree. Yeah. I yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, it is not uncommon that a uh, one of these parent companies could also, as you said, take it and then sell off different assets to the different companies as well, break the company up. Because Zenimax is a is a giant. Me, you know, it, it, the Zenimax Media controls multiple different um, um, child companies. Um, I'm trying to think of the words here. Subsidiaries. Like, subsidiaries, minions, <laughs> whatever. Um, so, like, like you said, if another, depending on who gets it, they could look at it and go, "Hey, you know, we're going to, um, I don't know, change everything." Um, and, and, and we can make more if we split off, you know, id software and, and everything like that. Um, unlikely, but you know, yeah, if we see them lay off everybody immediately, that's, that's probably an, an indicator that we're headed down a dark road. Like what was happened with, road. uh, that's what happened with daybreak there. Yeah. Um, the other thing is if they decide to go the publicly traded route, because Zenimax has always been a private company. So they've not been under any um, mandate to share any financials. Uh, that's why we've never had sub numbers back before when it was a sub-only game. We've ne we don't know how many box sales. We only have um, 
we only have theories from external companies trying to give us an idea of whether or not, you know, it, it is what it is. Um, but if they go publicly traded, we would be able to buy shares in the company, and therefore we would then know what their financials is, which could be a good thing, and it could also be a very bad thing, um, depending on how the internet takes it. Because look at other publicly traded companies like uh, Blizzard Entertainment, stuff like that, um, or NCSoft, that's another one, because um, they just release their quarterly financials and Wild Stars taking like a, a giant dump on itself. CCP again. is another one too. That yeah. I, I look forward to the gaming media not knowing how to read financial statements as they report on these situations. Yes. Because yes. <laughs> that's what always happens. Yeah. They'll, they'll look at it and they'll go, oh my goodness, sub numbers are down. This much. You know, it could be the end of the world. That's what we'll see. Um, oh, Zenimax is lost 2% volume this quarter over last quarter. Oh, the game's over. You, you know, it, it, it is what it is. Um, Zealot in chat, Wildstar is coming back, damn it. Um, no, if you look no. at their quarterly financials over the past like three they've still, years, they've still got the Steam release coming, which has helped a lot with other games. You know, in the past. You know what the bar chart's going to look like? <laughs> <laughs> like a little I like, roller coaster. I like Wildstar. Um, okay. I, I think it would do better if anybody had any faith in it as sort of a going concern, but we don't. Yeah. Yep. Mm. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Nobody does. No, no one cares. <laughs> um, but yeah unfortunate sad for them but you know it is what it is that's that's how it goes but that that was our first little bit of news um again they could problems could very well just not do anything go you know what we're just going to keep it again and it will remain status quo um but it, it was an interesting little bit of news and, and it's not a bad thing in any regards the only thing that could actually even be bad out of this is if they sell it to another company who then decides to break it up um right. but I don't know. Maybe there's. I don't know if they if the company itself can have any pushback on that. That I'm not really sure about. Like I, I'm not sure how their how their situation works. I mean, if they're bought by another, you know, like the investing firm, they could argue the terms. Going, hey, yeah, well, you know, if you're gonna you're gonna see this money and whatnot, that's great, but you can't break us up. You know, whatever their contract terms are, um, how that works because these these private equity firms don't. <coughs> They don't technically own the company other than owning, like, you know, private shares of it. So, you know, they could drop them if they want or sell them. Which which is earning owning the company. <laughs> yeah, but <the> private <laughs> equity firms, they don't necessarily, depending on how it works and the contract, they don't necessarily have, um, I'm trying to think of the words, um, creative decisions on these kind of things. Like, they fund the money, but... A lot of times the companies that are privately owned like this determine their own fate. It's like, yeah, you're funding us. That's great. You know, you're, you're a portion of our, our, our income and whatnot, but mm. you don't have a choice in what we do. I don't really think that's an accurate representation of how equity works. <laughs> um, you don't think that's accurate? Yeah, yeah. Um, no, no. Right. And remember, I, I, this, this is what I was talking about with the gaming media. I'm, first of all, I'm an accountant. And I, I work in finance and stuff like that. So I always start like imploding when people talk about no, things I'm like this. I'm going to just randomly give uh, false yeah. information. Yeah, so, so equity is ownership. That's literally what it means. Uh, you know, like home equity is, you yeah. know, the money you've invested in your home. So 
you know, if you have a hundred percent or even just majority ownership, you own the company, you can really, you know, just go in and fire everybody uh, and do, you know, with that now, kind of power, you can completely dictate the creative decisions that a game here, here's is going to make. Now, you don't always because just because you own the company doesn't mean you're an expert there. You know, you don't want to start overriding the people that make the games, but uh, you could. Uh, yeah, absolutely. But yeah, private equity, they're, they're not... Uh, they're not providing revenue or anything like that. They're they're just owning the company. No, uh, all the, the money would flow from private equity to the current owners, which is also private equity, and none of that like from the purchase would go into the company. Um, here here's a random thing for you. I'm just kind of curious. Zenimax Media owns all these subsidiary companies, and Providence owns them. Does Providence have any like? That that's the one thing when we're talking about breaking it up. If they only own the parent company, could they in fact touch any of the subsidiary companies? The subsidiaries are all owned by the parent company, so it's it, think of it like basic. Yeah, the parent company owns all of the stock that is the ownership of the subsidiaries. So when you buy the parent company, you then own the uh, subsidiaries through that relationship. Um. <laughs> you know the funny part is I've actually adjusted. It's kind of like saying, head. if I sell you my car, will you own the seats in it? Well, no. Uh, yes. No <laughs> microtransactions, man. You got to buy that individually. Uh, there we go. I'm gonna up my volume here in this mic. There we go. See how that works. Some people in chat are saying that I'm way quieter than everyone else, which is weird because normally I'm way louder. So I just upped it a little bit more. This may be a whatever. Um, yeah. All right. We'll see. We'll see how this works, guys. Um, let me know how it goes if I'm any louder. There we go. All right. <laughs> this isn't my kind of conversation. Well, apparently it's not mine. I could do this all day. <laughs> no. no. I'll know. just sit right here. It's not my conversation either. I'm just randomly talking out my butt. All right. We're going to get off of this before I sound stupider. And we're going to go into something else. I'm making even sound. <laughs> <laughs> oh, is it math time? Nap time? Yeah, no, I like nap time. Math. Oh, math time. I, 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 I can, oh, I can use a nap, too. Don't no, play. we're literally going to just nap during the show. Like, this is going to be the entire <laughs> We're just all going to be sleeping on, on, on the stream. Uh, Eric Robel heads to the forums to talk about blocking changes with Dark Brotherhood. Now, the reason why I say math talk is I'm not going to go over this word for word. Because he does actually go through a lot of numbers to show his point. We kind of hinted at it last patch about people complaining about the bracing change. How bracing was being changed that the flat 20% um, block reduction is is gone. Okay. Um, however, Eric hopped to the forums and was talking about how compared to live, he goes in and shows the base block. The base block between live and PTS is the same. The, it, the 25% uh, champion point cost reduction is the same as live. Um, he then does 3x uh, purple block cost enchantments on your jewelry. Exact same numbers. Where it starts to change is the fortress bracing and defensive stance. He shows that all three of these, they essentially gave a number of, an arbitrary number here of 440 like block value um, whereas compared to the PTS changes to fortress and the defensive stance you're getting 587 so you're actually getting more because of how it, it's stacking 
um, now compared to before. Constitution but was also at the buffed. The cost of all of those traits. Say what? I said, but at the opportunity cost of all of those traits. Exactly. So uh, you're trading those damage effectively. Right. Well, here's the thing, though. You're yeah, you're trading some damage from the traits versus where you were trading damage. Um, but you're, you're going to be regaining some of that because yeah. of the new Yeah, I was saying you were trading for damage from the Wrath Talent. Yeah. 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 But yeah, true. If you just had damage on the uh, the traits beforehand, it would probably be shifted. Yeah. Well, why, what, what do most people either use? They either use infused for higher stat values, which you still can, and it was infused and divine so that you're getting bonus of whatever Munda Stone you were using. Um, that's now probably going to switch to more sturdy in there because of the block cost. So now you're you're going to be losing some of your Mundestone value, but you're getting a lot of the damage back if you were if you were slotting for damage or whatever the case may be through the new bracing changes. Avi, your favorite subject, math. No, no, okay. <laughs> All right, sorry, just you and me again. All right, let's talk more yeah. math. I don't want to talk about math. <sighs> we're not going to talk about math then. All right, um, but it's an interesting little little note which i added in here so you guys can check it out uh i'll have it in the show notes so you can see the link if you want to read all the math i, th- I think the key kind of takeaway was that up until the change he's talking about making now one of the reasons sturdy wasn't keeping up with the old bracing was that it stacked additively instead of multiplicatively i believe which just made it a lot less powerful and they're changing how it stacks so mm-hmm. yeah the new uh sturdy trait is just going to be a lot better than it is on the pts right now or was when it was initially released. I'm not sure if they've rolled out that change yet. Excellent. All right. More math. We're, we're done talking about that. So Let's get to the good stuff, yeah? <laughs> the good stuff. You, you don't Business like and math. Business and math. Yeah. No. That was going to be the, the title of the show until I realized when people looked at that, they would just not listen. Like, uh, <laughs> let's, let's downvote this. Yeah, it would just... Yeah, I already have hard enough time get on Reddit with downvotes, so I don't need to put business and math in my in my titles. All right, we're going to move into our discussion topics because there wasn't a lot of news this week other than I know there was another patch on the PTS which changed some things. Um, we're not going to talk about that in, in, in general because of patching changes, but there was a new patch on the PTS. We're going to move on to our discussion topics this week, and our discussion, we got two of them. First one's not going to be as fun. I'm just kidding. Um, community is one of the things uh, we wanted to talk about. Come on, Avi. Oh no, no, sorry. Part I, was of a community. All, I was, I was, I was all prepared, and I was like, oh, okay, we're doing this one. No, that's why time. I'm switching it up because I know you're prepared, <laughs> and I need to keep you on your toes. So if I let you do that one, as soon as that one's over, you're just gonna be like, no, I'm done. So now right. I got to keep you on your toes. Community, yes. MMOs, especially back in the day, and if you've read any of the Errant Penman, which you should, if you're not following the blog, you should do that from Asari because it's awesome and I love it. Um, we talk about the lack of a community feeling in MMOs nowadays where everything is very solo-centric. Even, I think, in guild chat, Asari's in our in our guild, and I, one of the things I think he was mentioning or in Discord, I can't remember where I heard it, but you mentioned that. You're like, yeah, you, so it, it, it's, it's a much better game than when I last played it. It's still solo everything, it seems oh, like. Oh, it's... They have group challenges that you solo. Right. Yeah. Not even difficult to solo. I, I don't get it. No. Especially for an MMO. 
and and that's one of the things we really wanted to talk about community what can we do in the game and even out of the game to encourage more community interaction because i know we actually got a couple members in our guild who actually came over because they were saying that um their guild just didn't do anything. It was, you know, it was kind of boring because no one wanted to do anything. And Wicked Wolf in chat, our community is great. I'm not saying our community members isn't great. I'm saying how are we going to, I guess I should clarify that. We're not saying community sucks other than the ESO live chat, but whatever. Um, we're talking about the community in the game. How can we make community members actually want to do stuff together, right? That's the big thing that we're having issues with is, is, is that. Um, right. Kind of like how, you know, one of my problems right now in game is factions. Factions are kind of becoming this worthless thing out of PvP where, you know, everybody who joins their faction just doesn't care anymore. People can't play with each other or go questing with each other because of these factions, which at first I thought was a really good thing. It was my favorite part of the game, having the three different factions, having the big war and all of this, but now it's almost on the line of uh, with Orsinium, the Thieves Guild, the Dark Brotherhood coming out where factions are hardly even spoken of in these new zones. It's almost like the war is just dead or at a standstill. Um, I think uh, putting, I'm not sure how you guys would feel about this, but the idea of breaking, breaking factions for future DLC is something that I'd be kind of interested in. I'm, no, I actually, I would agree with that. And uh, Wicked Wolf in chat, factions uh, have no place outside of PvP. Honestly, other than Cyrodiil, I don't, I don't see how even factions matter. Um, I'm still wanting the option I, of being... I supported a- factions back around launch uh, when, when they were... You know, when we were all expecting the game to sort of be PvP-focused, we were talking about right. driving a bit of inter-faction enmity... Uh, you know, keeping the the faction identity separate, and then you know we ended up with every race and every alliance. It's not a paywall they put in front of us, and you started, you know, it, they just kind of eroded it away. And then PvP turned out to be a laggy mess, and it's I mean it's gotten better, but uh, you know it's it's just become a much less PvP oriented game than everybody was expecting it to be around launch. And now factions are very much this just vestigial feature that gets in the way of people playing together. And that's that's something I've been planning to write about when I get around. Yeah. <laughs> and plus, and plus, the lore the lore behind it all just isn't flushed out enough for somebody to be really interested in the faction they're playing. You know, it's like take me for example. You know, I always found the Daggerfall as the most interesting faction, but I play EP and I'm strictly dedicated to EP. Why? Because that's where my my friends play, which is a good reason within itself. But it's like. There's no, you know, it's kind of like uh, World of Warcraft, you know, Horde versus Alliance, you know. People are very strict with where they play, and it's very, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It's just, they're very dedicated to it. Right. Yeah. And, and part of that, I think, is because there's the the open world aspect of PvP and WoW, or at least there used to be a lot more of that. <laughs> where uh, it's still a flag. You could still, even on PvE servers, you could still flag. Yeah, but you know they they fixed Taran Mill and South Shore, for example. You just you quest a lot more separately than you used to, and uh, you know you don't really hate the other faction like you used to, which is a little bit of a shame, I think. Right. <clears throat> One thing I'd say on the subject of community, by the way, that's it's almost kind of rough to explain to people that are new to MMOs. Uh, I, I found that we're working with different uh, different terms almost. Uh, I think 
a great example is you look at a game like uh, like Guild Wars 2, and they're like, we have a great community. We have the best community. I'm like, you guys have no community. Uh, people don't talk to each other at all um, because there's no reason to. You can just do everything without communicating with anybody, and it's very simple. And I know Guild Wars 2 fans are going to disagree with me here. Or, you know, people will be like, yeah, you know, you have to join a guild. And I'm like, your guild is your community, and that is not what a community means. Like, you know, or Reddit. Our Reddit community is great. Ooh. Um, which, actually, their Reddit community is pretty good. Uh, but uh, it's, uh, although, the most annoying thing about their Reddit community is how much time they spend patting themselves on the back about how great they are. But, uh... <laughs> Uh, you should see it. It's pretty bad. Like every week, there's a shout out <laughs> post where they're like, "Oh, shout out to how nice we are to people." Uh, but <laughs> you, you know, like that's not what people mean by community. We mean you know people coming together in game, doing things, getting to know each other, sort of having a sense. Oh yeah, this guild. You know, I'm not in this guild. I don't know them, but I know who they are. Um, you know, either in a good way or a bad way. You know, just having context for other players that you see in the world in terms of the game's community. And that's something we don't have at all. Um, you know, ESO is finally adding guild tags under people's names. Like, I'm glad we're getting around to these basic UI features now. Uh, I think that'll help a lot, uh, even though it's tied to taverns, uh, which I mean makes sense. Uh, so I, I don't know. There's just a. Uh, I, I don't think there's much community in ESO at all, uh, unfortunately. And you know, interdependence is quickly becoming a buzzword with. Uh, all of the newer indie PvE MMOs that are coming up, and there's really just none in, in ESO. You can kind of do everything on your own character, uh, all the crafting, every combat role, well, you know, some of them at the same time. You can solo really well. You just don't need someone almost ever, and because of that, there's and you know it's been designed. I would almost blame the consoles for that, just because I like to do that whenever I get the opportunity. But I mean, they can't talk to each other. I mean. Right. Uh, you know, if they walk, if they happen to walk right up to each other, they can use proximity voice chat, but that's about it. And, yep. you know, when you're designing a game to work in that kind of environment, how much interdependence can there be? Uh, and, yeah, I, I don't know, it's, 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 it's hard to talk about that type of thing with people that are newer to the genre, though, because they just have no idea how it used to be. Uh, I always like to talk about Star Wars Galaxies, where... Uh, you wouldn't heal. Uh, if you wanted to heal, you needed a ranger to build like a, a camp in the wild, or you had to go back to a city for a hospital. And then there was a longer-term form of damage that you took in combat uh, uh, that was called combat fatigue. It was the it's the like World War Two, World War One era term for PTSD, basically uh, <laughs> that you would have to get cured by going to an entertainer, which is bit insensitive maybe but you you would go to like a bar and there'd be an entertainer there they'd be dancing and they'd cure you of your ptsd and all this time people are interacting because they have to right and you had this really really social game with one of the best communities ever and uh you know that's not yeah i see people talking in the chat now uh you, you know that's not how things are anymore because there's no reason to talk to anybody and there's no reason to rely on anybody and it's not you know i i hesitate to call a game like eso and mmo uh, you know, it is, but it's really just kind of a lot of people in a socially saturated environment playing alone together. Well, I think the only thing that makes ESO an MMO in the classical terms is the fact that the world's persistent. That's literally the only thing. Um, I do believe in chat said a couple things I want to hit on very quickly um, before I forget all of them. Uh, Ryan was saying about if by removing factions... Um, if you did most of the quests, and I'm still working my way through gold, but if you notice, there may be, what, 
a handful, less than five quests in the entire arc for a faction that actually addresses other factions. Ebonheart Pack being a little heavier on that than others, but like I think I was doing one um, in what was it, Daggerfall Covenant. There were I think I counted like less than eight quests total that actually mentioned other factions. Yeah, it, it's a big war within itself. It doesn't even involve the yeah. Ebonheart or the Dominion. Um, yeah. If they wanted to like retcon the lore there, all they would have had to do is change those few quests that address the Aldmari Dominion or Daggerfall Covenant or, or the other two factions and make up some bandit group or whatever. Um, that way the... I hear typing frantically. Someone's frantically typing. <laughs> and I'm looking at a sorry down there like, oh. That would be. Um, he's doing it again. More typing. <laughs> Finishing my thought. Okay, okay. we're good. Good. <laughs> good now? We're good? Yeah. Okay. I guess I, yeah. But I moved my mic back because they said I was loud. And, well, yeah, no, uh, your volume. Now it's like right over the keyboard. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So he's good with his thought. He got that typed in. That's great. Um, they would probably have to change it a little bit of lore, but if they actually would change some of those faction quests that actually announce the other factions, it would literally only be and, and those and those faction ones that denounce the other factions only really they weren't even main story. They're just kinda like some oh look, I'm at a lighthouse and for some odd reason Daggerfall's attacking it. Okay, whatever. You know, you could easily make it pirates and it would be a self contained story. And that would contain the faction war to Cyrodiil only, which is pretty cool. I mean, I get the idea of why they did that in the first place, but when they started doing the any race, any alliance, they broke down a lot of the alliance. And especially with the cross-faction play with the Undaunted, they're breaking down a lot of them. Yeah. I think they, I think they want to get rid of them, uh, but they need a... Uh... <laughs> Sorry, I'm reading the chat. <laughs> I see. Yeah. At least you're hot. Hey, yeah. there you go. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, this is my I just woke up face. Uh, <laughs> uh, that was distracting. Yeah, he's lost his thing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They're breaking it down. But, yeah, I think uh, kind of getting people in their, you know, the shared versions of the overworld zones is kind of going to be the big challenge there. Obviously, you need some sort of scaling. Uh which is tech we've been seeing them introducing more and more, and now they're talking about scaling content to you in the overworld. So I think I think this is something they're working on, uh, but it's a challenge uh, that, that you know will take time to overcome. So hopefully, I, I'd, I'd love to think they could get it done by quarter three, but we're probably looking sometime next year before they can actually make sense of that. Mm-hmm. Right. Cool. And uh, but uh, I would like to say that this is something I've proposed way back in early beta. Uh, feel free to go back way into Tamriel Foundry. I said as soon as they introduce the first uh, the first one of the guilds, they're gonna have to do scaling, and that's exactly what happened. Mm-hmm. Because yeah, because <laughs> that's the only way it's gonna work. Because you're not gonna want to say you can only do this the Thieves Guild at VR16, and you know <laughs> you're gonna have to make it work somehow. And uh, scaling was the answer. There you go. Yep. Um, would have preferred levelless, but uh, scaling will do it. I would still like the option of later on because I hate the fact that my favorite story, the Ebonheart Pact, is one to fifty. I wish that once you finished silver and gold content, there was an. And the problem with this is it also kind of separates. But I guess they could do it with phasing. Really, um, cities would be phased like everyone was in there. But like how it would work is after you finish silver and gold, all your zones went up the gold level you know because there already is a gold version of each one and yeah that way you can go anywhere in tamriel and it actually be a challenge 
I think I think there's a bunch of different ways they could do it that would be interesting. Um, but it depends, you know, how many calculations are part of it, you know. Or do you, you want us like scale yeah, scale each mob up individually to the person that's attacking it, which would be basically downscaling you, but sort of cosmetically adjusting your numbers, I think is how I would handle that. Right. Uh or you could have people in the same zone uh without anybody feeling like they're being down leveled or up leveled. Well here's it would be interesting. Or you could just have two copies of a zone and then have a travel to player to get into either the scale version or the low level version. As much as it separates the community, I would actually prefer to have the separate copy because the upscaling, here's the problem with upscaling. And it's completely in the player's head. Because you're upscaled and all your stats are upscaled, when you're getting gear and stuff, you don't see much of a change because mm-hmm. of the scaling factor. So you're like, you're not seeing like, oh, I got a new chest. Oh, I, I don't really feel much more powerful because I feel yeah, like I wouldn't want like to scale the entire game. It would just be silly. Yeah. Uh, so I, I, I think down, downscaling is the answer, but some people are really sensitive about that um, for God knows why. Uh, they don't want Guild Wars 2. Uh, yeah. Um, I, it was great. It was like the best part of Guild Wars 2. Uh, you know, they, they, they send you all the way around the world at any level and you're, the whole world is just this air play space instead of just like the last two zones. And, and so, that's uh, awesome. Bring that on. No, I'm fine with that. But what they need Slotor's to do... Slotor's doing it now, too, and it works great there. <laughs> like what they did with Rothgar before they made the change. The resource nodes, when they spawn, you have a 50% chance of getting either the highest level that you can attain or the zone appropriate. Mm-hmm. Right. Because you still need lower level stuff because everyone asks you to make stuff. But anyway, um, I think that would help with community. Guilty. Yeah, need low level stuff. <laughs> Um, there was one other topic that I really wanted to make, and now I just completely forgot about it because Asari's hot. That's what I heard. So, yeah. And now I'm just compl- – the show's over. I'm point. distractingly attractive. That, yeah. It's, <laughs> show's over. Whatever. See you guys. No. Um, I have no more point. <laughs> I'm just sitting um, like this for the rest of the time. I know, and, and because Z- – or th- this is actually – if Zenimax, you're listening, this isn't really so much of a, a – um, a discredit towards you guys. You guys are actually doing a really good job with a modern MMO. This is a modern MMO problem, not just you guys. You guys have been trying really hard, and actually a few people in chat, um, I'm going to try to print, uh, Zakir's one, and the other person, I'm so sorry, I'm going to try uh, Aquil- Aquila, Aquila, that's what I'm going to call you for now, mentioned how when Roth, or and, uh, sorry, you said the same thing, Rothgar. Rothgar was like an amazing DLC because the dailies and stuff and the group bosses needed more than one person to do, right? It, they actually, and groups in chat would actually, hey, I'm doing um, this world boss. Who wants to come with me? And you get like a full 24 people raid group. This is actually how I met Zakir because I, I joined up. Zakir sent me a message. Are you the Jaws from Tales of Tamriel? Like, yeah. And he ended up joining the guild and does stuff with us now. And stole my shoulder. Aquila. Aquila. Did I pronounce it correctly this time? I hope so. Oh. <laughs> I, I tried. You, you should know better. If you don't have like a simple name like John Smith, I'm never going to be able to pronounce it. So. <laughs> Even when I met Asari, I'm just sitting there going, okay, I'm like phonic of his name before. I get, I get some interesting. I thought it was pretty straightforward, uh, but I've found over time the more I interact with people that it's not. Um, People that play the, like, Rome Total War games are definitely like, Isari I! And I'm like, uh, I guess I can see it. Um, I always just, Isar the Second, because two eyes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Isar the Second. But, 
Yeah, well, the problem yeah. a lot of, with PSO <coughs> is even our guild. We we actually are now going to have events almost every night of the week. But, and, and, and this is bad, it actually takes more effort, not necessarily more fun, but more effort with less reward to go with your guild than with just randoms. Like, either using the Dungeon Finder for pledges or anything. Not like if that. you're queuing as DPS. I actually don't ever have issues. Like, I get oh, really? DPS queues in, like, five minutes. Like, yeah. I'm... Well, you only play at prime time, though. That's true. I'll be, like, I'll be on in the oh, morning, a yeah. uh, weekday or something when I've got some free time. And, and I'll, I'll sit in the queue for literally, like, seven hours sometimes. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. It doesn't seem to do that as much now that I'm higher level. I I think there might be some, like, le- it, it doesn't make sense since it scales you in the group finder, but I don't know. It seems like I had a lot of trouble when I was lower level. Well, that's why it's good to be a healer right there, because my cues are, like, under a minute most of the time. Yeah, yeah I'm going ma- to start making you run things with me. This character needs all the skill points from dungeons. It's horrible. Let's do it. Of course, I've got, like, 30 skill points I'm not using. Uh because wow. I don't, I, I don't use any abilities in the Dawn's Wrath line as part of it, so I'm just like, oh good, I only use two skill points in this line. Uh, I've, got, I've got it all leveled up, obviously, but uh, after that I just took them all off, because none of them make sense with stamina for me. Nice. I'm actually talking in the Twitch chat right now, too, which is pretty awesome. Oh, so many chats. So Jeez. many chats. It's so cool. Click, click. Yeah, double the keyboard sounds. This is awesome. I, I know, I know. Yeah. I wish we could merge them somehow. Yeah, right, you just need to... There, there you go, guys. Um, entrepreneur opportunity for a website to combine all the streaming platforms, Hitbox, YouTube, just in all the chat in one window. Just There you go. I don't know who's going to do it, but I don't care. Um, but yeah. Um, community. All right. Um, what could Zenimax do to encourage community? One thing I thought of outside the game, and I know they're trying to do this, to a limited extent, but it would be nice to see it happen in a more formal basis. They've done it a couple times. Um, the Tamriel build beer garden. They're doing a BE, um, an E3 event, the before E3 event. Okay. That's awesome. Um, I would like to see a convention of some kind because I know, uh, in Portland, in Portland, San Francisco, <laughs> California. That's nobody wants to go to California. You don't, you guys don't even have enough water for yourselves. Yeah, right? Well, well, you guys can visit. I, mean, I didn't say you can stay. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, I'd like to see a convention because a couple of these big these big games do conventions. Uh, Blizzard does theirs, of course. Um, uh, BlizzCon, they do that. Um, CCP for EVE does one. Um, Final Fantasy fourteen does FanFest, which is really awesome. Uh, there's actually a few others. Why am I drawing a blank on it? Um, I don't. Guild Wars Two does a couple, but it's not official Guild Wars Two. It's actually community members, which we were talking about community before. Um, um, fu- uh, was it Festival or something like that in the EU? Um, is an event that goes on. But I would like to. I would actually like to see a yearly convention from Zenimax of some kind. From Zenimax, or what about just from Bethesda as a whole? Well, Bethesda like a, as a like whole, a like yeah. a like a Bethesda con, like Bethcon or something yeah. along that line, you know? No, I, I mean, that like like BE three. BE three. Well, see, I still don't count that because it's not. I mean, a, I mean, a full blown convention, kind of like how Blizzard does BlizzCon, you know? Because most people who like me, I I mostly play Bethesda games, you know. It's 
you so know, that'd be, I, right, that'd be well, now, right up my now alley. Bethesda is, they, I mean, they are trying to be sort of, like I said earlier, a bit of a Blizzard-like company. They've got their MMO, they've got their card game, they've got Battleborn, is that one theirs? The, the, the team shooter coming up that's I, being yes. greatly overshadowed by every other team shooter? Yes. Uh, despite looking the more unique among them. Uh, it's Yeah, I, I, they're, they're trying to get that online community going in a lot of different games, so maybe... But I, I don't know that they're there yet, because because you know so many of their great games are single player. Right. You, know, you don't need a Skyrim convention. Uh, oh, I would love a Skyrim convention. Right. The same. Um, no, I I I I don't know. I think that would be great for building community. I know they're trying in some areas, but it's still kind of hit or miss, like where they're gonna be. One thing that they've been trying, though, that's nice is, well, it sounds like they're trying to hit a lot more conventions than they've been doing in sort of the post-launch scene, and they're actually holding fan events outside in, like, a separate venue. So, you know, if you're in the Seattle area but you can't make it to PAX Prime, they're going to have their own, like, fan lounge outside of PAX. So if you go to PAX, you get tickets. That's great. You can do that. And if you don't, you can still show up and, uh, you know, meet the team and have fun. Do whatever you do at lounges. For me, it's probably drinking. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Um, it all works. Um, okay, but that was my idea for outside the game. In the game, and and it's it's a buzzword for indie MMOs, but interdependence um, of of various people. Now, the one thing I really think it it doesn't create much for social, but it does create. Final Fantasy fourteen is another game that allows you to pretty much do everything on one character, right? But they started adding specializations into their into their game, especially for crafters and stuff like that. Like, yeah, you can you can be a max level weaponsmith, but they added specializations which lock you into one thing. Um, and when housing comes out, I would love to see specializations in crafting. That in order for you to build furniture equipment, you have to work with a, like, oh, I'm a, uh, I don't know. I make beds. I can really only make beds. You know, this is what I'm good at. But in order for me to do that, I need someone who's a carpenter to make the frame. Uh, so you go to a woodworker who has a carpentry or whatever. You know, and that's what they focus on. So you actually have to interact with people in chat going, hey, I'm looking to make a elegant Breton bed. I need a carpentry specialization. I need a blacksmith who is good at hinges. I don't know. Bed for whatever. And you have to work with the individual people. And it's not so much you. I, you could kind of eliminate the human factor with guild stores, like just throwing your stuff up there. But if you were looking for something very specific, it would require you to seek out the people who can do what you need to do. Okay, definitely. So I, yeah, I, I think I think forcing interdependence on a game that's. You know, you sometimes just have to accept what the game is trying to be, and yeah. ESO is clearly going for that. You know the test fans that don't have a lot of MMO experience and maybe don't even want that kind of experience. So as much as I'd like to be, yeah, don't let people leave town without a group. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, I, I think you have to keep that type of thing really light touch when you're trying to encourage it. But uh, somebody in the chat, Secure, is saying, you know, not much independence, but allow players to be greater together than alone. And there's barely any grouping now. I think that's true. Honestly, I think the game is worse in a group for 90% of it. If like, if you try to group the quest, it's, probably the industry worst experience uh 
in in terms of that it's the mobs are just kind of you, you steamroll you steamroll them solo like i tried to group with my girlfriend and it was just like me critical rushing things before she could get to them mm-hmm. uh and so that experience didn't last very long and she didn't stick with the game <laughs> you know but uh it, it it's really unenjoyable to group with it, people in the quests. Uh, it's better than it used to be. At least there's some forms of shared progress, but, you know, it's just not designed that way. It's so much better solo, and that's a big problem. Uh, I would I would love to see sort of group-based dynamic content, which would be a lot of work, you know, and it, it would almost be Guild Wars 2, you know, I know, like, there's not a lot of community there, but at least then you'd have PvE that I'd want to do with other people beyond, beyond world bosses, uh, that's the only open world stuff where I'm like, yeah, I could deal with the person there. Right. <laughs> yeah, there's not like really crack, a reason like to join up. Yeah, um, it's just something dynamic that you know is fresh, repeatable, uh, and that actually benefits from having people there, and actually make it hard. Yeah, right. Well, they were doing a good <laughs> job with Rothgar. Um, before we jump on that, GC Selden in um, Twitch chat actually made a fantastic. Um, comment about interdependence is fine but you have to account lock things so you just don't make alts so like uh, with the crafting in- interdependence you would have to once you're locked into one thing your entire accounts that way because yeah it is so easy to make alts and with the removal of veteran ranks it's even easier um, dolmens could be redone I wish dolmens were redone where it actually like Rothgar it requires a group of people whether or not they're actually talking but it actually Here's the thing. When people are in a zone, they don't talk because people just navigate towards it. But when you're like the first person there, maybe you shout out. Um, Another thing I would love to see is what Guild Wars 2 did with their guild missions. Okay? The bounty missions where you have all of a sudden... That's a good point. Yeah. But in order to... Just like Guild Wars 2 with guild missions, you found them walking around... But in order to take on this, essentially, world boss that just randomly spawns somewhere, you have to be in a group and accept the quest, or a guild quest. Um, if you did it with a guild, that's great. I mean, that, that would be great for guild community. Um, and, and guild may be the way of doing this, to force people into guilds. Um, because I would love to see something like guild missions, honestly. I think yeah. that would be a great addition to the game. Yeah, uh, you can't attack take... it unless you're in a group. Like it's it's friendly to you, but you'll like be walking. Wait a minute, that 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 troll right there. That that's a world boss. You have to get your guild together. Once your guild groups together, you accept the quest, and then you can attack it. But only your guild can attack it. Yeah, that well, it would be not. That would be awesome for community. Let people do and it once. Just a do day. a couple. You know, a couple other types of content as well, like oh, uh, yeah. Guild Wars Two did. Yeah, exactly. Different content's fantastic, but having to activate it as a guild quest is amazing and i would love to see that in the game um and you know like you said the 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 reason why i pulled bounty is because it's probably one of the easiest things to do um but being able to get together and um you know almost as a, a you know i'm walking through the rift just farming and all of a sudden i see the boss and because you know they have random spawn times and stuff like that and be like guys guys this boss is up let's get together and do it um that'd be awesome i'd like to see crafting stuff within a guild like final fantasy 14 added airships into now i'm not saying add airships i'm just saying it was a crafting thing that crafters got together and it took an insane amount of resources but that was a crafting thing you could do 
if they add housing and guild halls in the game, maybe when you get your guild hall, it looks like a piece of garbage until such time as your crafters get together and provide a hundred thousand pieces of uh, um, ash wood to make the rafters or whatever. Um, thoughts? Yeah, yeah, good idea. Great idea. Okay. All right. <laughs> Nothing to add to that. Yeah. Nothing to add. You, you, yep. you summed it up. Great. Things for guilds to do together beyond trials. Yes. Because yeah. with the casual focus, that's not much. Uh, and trading. Like, yeah. Um, yeah. Trials I, I are a, be a big thing to try to add. I love trials. Uh, but I'm a raider at heart, and I love that kind of content. But our trials night, which, by the way, if anyone was interested in doing some trials... Wings Fates recruiting for trials because it's hard for us to get groups of people because we do have such a casual player base and the content's not easy so people tend to you know yeah. they're flaky with attendance. I'll get there. I'll get there. Awesome. I'm, I'm VR nine now and on, on my new EP character. It's it's coming. Good. Good. <laughs> I, I, oh, and I'm giving up on my making heavy armor work idea. So are you really? Want, uh, I'm not really giving up, but what ha- I hopped on the PTS just to test out some things for the Sartorial meta, which, uh, no regrets there. Uh, actually, I just realized not everybody, pro- this is going to sound really pedantic, but p- people probably don't know that we're the fashion meta. <laughs> so I, w- I went to test, like, different combinations, and I really liked the Outlaw Medium, like, more than any of the heavy sets with uh, the shoulder-helmet combination I'm planning to roll with. So I'll just do 7-7 to seven medium. Yep. I'm just going to... I'm going to be boring. It'll be Moloch Kina, Bloodspawn Helmet, uh, 505 Huntings, and I don't really know what I'm going to do with the weapons. Uh, probably just crafted weapons. Maelstrom? <laughs> yeah, they look terrible, though. Well, depends what you're I, doing it with. The, the, the have, you seen the new, have you seen the Abaz Watch Greatsword, man? It's so cool. I haven't. I, oh, it's I awesome. Haven't. I'm gonna have I forget to what the word for it is. It's like a Kopesh? Nopesh? Oh, uh, I have seen that. Now I know what Yeah, it's that it. sort of Egyptian sword that looks like a, like a, like a hand scythe mixed yeah. to a sword. It's awesome. And it's if you're not interested in real-world history, it kind of reminds me of the Dothraki blades, too. Yes. Yes. From Game of Thrones. So, there you go. <laughs> Since more people probably would know that than ancient Egyptian history, which is sad. Um, but yeah. I don't know. I've seen the mummy. <laughs> this isn't coming from my. This isn't coming from my historical studies here. <laughs> That's just, one of like, I know nobody saw gods of Egypt, including me, but they were, it was probably featured there too for the three people that went to see that movie. You remind me of my wife Thais when we went to Gettysburg to see Rage. I asked her what you know what the the uh, uh, historical or the why Gettysburg was so special. And she goes, isn't that where Abraham Lincoln defeated the vampires? And I just was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what? Because her history knowledge... That's an awesome from, movie. Though. I know, awesome. I love the movie, but yeah, yeah. she's like, that's where he beat off the vampires, right? For people, for people that aren't aware, it's it's Abraham Lincoln Vampire Killer, which is a Tim Burton produced. It's, it's not a, It sounds like it's going to be a Sharknado-esque movie, but it's actually like really well done. It's really uh, good. It's still way. stupid. But it's 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 good, stupid. Yeah, it's good times. Good times so there. My favorite documentary. <laughs> yeah, exactly. My favorite documentary. All right, guys. Anything else on community before we move on? I mean, we gave a couple thoughts. Honestly, yeah. 
kind of the highlights of all this is um, <laughs> chat. Um, More interdependence, excuses for a sorry to drink, things for guilds to do together besides trials. There you go. And outside events that are actually like a yearly thing I can plan for. That was the drinking thing. Oh, yes. <laughs> well, clearly. <laughs> clearly. Um, everyone in chat saying I have the best wife because that was her answer. But yeah, that was... <laughs> Driving up, that's what she's like. Oh, that's where they feed the vampires, right? I'm just like, uh, yeah, okay, sure. Yeah, all right. We're going to move on to our next discussion topic, which is probably if you're watching on, well, obviously anywhere, uh, Twitch, YouTube, listening to this on the podcast land, you know what our title is. And that's We're Going to Vardenfell. Yeah. I, I didn't play Morrowind. Morrowind, but yeah. I didn't play Morrowind either. I played Morrowind. I love Morrowind, okay? Yeah, this is all you. Favorite. It's all me. All right. <laughs> so nostalgia is going to be pretty real for me. Um, but yes. Um, if you don't know who it is, Dominoid73 from Reddit and now also writing on Tamro Foundry, he actually did an amazing data mine uh, article <laughs> on Tamro Foundry, but he also does Reddit. Which is a great site. Um, which is a great site. It is. It is. Even though they don't feature us other than today. <laughs> yeah, I, I wonder... I wonder. trying who, to stay away from featuring variety streams. We're, well, no. Largely and successfully. Just tales. Yeah, I don't know which of you stream or are good at it. Because um, I don't watch none Twitch. None of us. So. Yeah, see? That's the issue. <laughs> That's the issue. This entire show is just whatever. Anyway. Yeah, kind of like. <laughs> Anyways, yeah. What is, what's Morrowind? Uh, so is this going to be the DLC after Dark Brotherhood? We're actually going to talk about this. It's probably not. Um, and there's a few. Although maybe technically, maybe technically, but see, ugh. but it won't be. It won't be quarter three. <laughs> All right, I'm going to show a little list here, real quick for people, and it's not going to look like too much. So give me a second here. Hopefully my thing works. Like it's supposed to, and it didn't, because now you just see a black screen. Thank you so much, piece of garbage. <laughs> All right, give me two seconds while I actually adjust this. Yeah, I did this ahead of time, and it happened every single time, but it's being stupid. But anyway, two seconds. I'm getting this back on the stream. That's not what I wanted. That's Good job. definitely not what I wanted. There we go, sort of sort of what I wanted. All right, as you can see on the screen right now, there's a little spreadsheet, which, you know, I love spreadsheets, and no one else seems to like spreadsheets, but I like spreadsheets. You're going to see a couple ID numbers um, index. This is actually looks like it just came like a dump from a SQL database. The thing that's really important to note here is the name of towns, the fact that there's some Dells, World Bosses, Way Shrines, etc., etc. Everyone probably sees that right now. Uh, there's a name of a couple towns, which we're going to look at a map later. This probably doesn't make sense for anyone who does not play Morrowind, but it will make sense when you see the map, so do not fear. Um, you see there's going to be two Way Shrines, six group World Bosses, and six Delves from what they've shown. There's also a little note on there about a dungeon... Um, which we'll talk about, public dungeons, and you also see on about halfway down, I don't, you can't actually see my mouse because it, you know, I hid that, 
But about halfway down, you see where it says player house one, two, and three? Yeah. All right. I'm also going to go to the map now because the map's more interesting. So here's a map of yeah, The player housing thing was the most exciting thing for me because I didn't play Morrowind. So I was like, oh, player housing will have uh, portals in the open world and there will be multiple per zone. That's pretty cool. And, and this is why we don't think this is going to come after Dark Brotherhood because housing. Um, the fact that they listed player housing in in this makes us think that I think player house is going to be its own DLC, kind of like a, a quality of life DLC. I don't think they're going to mix that in. That's going to be just something people get, right? Yeah, it seems like the general consensus, and I, I know you might disagree on this one, I think it's you, uh, is that we're going to get a free DLC quarter three that's going to be a lot of quality of life fixes, new things like uh, kind of a wardrobe overhaul. Uh, well, we're getting some of that already, uh, but... The the, uh, the, barber the barber shop. shop. There we go. Yeah. yeah, the barber shop housing things that can be monetized, uh, you know, by introducing additional microtransactions into the game and just kind of including a base model of those for free in quarter three, and then I would expect Fardenfeld to maybe follow that up in quarter four. All right. Yeah, I I could see this being quarter four close. Quarter three will like you. I don't. I doubt like you said free. I think that housing will be something you have to purchase. I don't know. Maybe not. You'll have to purchase it individually. They'll let you like get a house and put some crappy stuff in it and then sell deco packs. Maybe. I, I really hope they allow us to create stuff in game. But anyway, that's beside the point. We talked about housing a bunch. I'm going to zoom in here on the map to show you guys. If you looked at that list that we showed on the, screen, the stream before, there were a couple names of towns. And as you can see on the wider map, as I throw a Khajiit off my desk again, um, as you can see on the wider map, there's a lot of red circles showing this. But you notice how the Red Mountain, which if you played Morrowind, you'll know that the Red Mountain was, that's a big thing. So the Red I cannot wait to see the Red Mountain. But that's probably going to be cordoned off. But if you see all the red circles on the map, they're spread all over the place. Including right here, uh, Ganis, the one town to the west. We'll probably have that area. Balmora, which we've already seen screenshots of, at least to some extent. Uh, that was data mined a little while ago. Scroll down a little further here. We got Saran, uh, Aldsotha, another Dwemer rune that I cannot pronounce, Balfell, Telbranora, and then up here in the eastern side of things, Telfry, Telarun, uh, Sadrith Mora, another Dwemer, or actually that's, uh, that's Daedric, a Daedric Shrine of some kind. Telmora, Voss, and an unnamed location. Um, and if you refer back to this list, again, you'll see Delves, Voss as being a way shrine, towns, things of this nature. So we're... We got a lot of stuff here. This is actually going to be a fairly large DLC, I'm imagining, as you can see. Um, so I'm going to come back to our handy dandy podcast well, now. well yeah they said what six world bosses uh those yeah a lot other, of stuff. other stuff yeah I, I think i think the thieves guild and the dark brotherhood were probably downsized compared to rothgar just because they had to introduce a lot of new systems basically the entire justice system yeah uh, to right. make removal of ranks um, right and we probably won't see skill lines coming with Vardenfell. i mean i could be wrong but 
I imagine there are some shared resources between, the, you know, the skills team and its implementation and, uh, you know, world building in terms of just coders and stuff that move from project to project that can be shuffled back to, you know, okay, let's make a big world this DLC. Right. Um, yeah, no, it, it, they, they pretty much did say that the average DLC going forward would be closer to Dark Brotherhood and Thieves Guild in terms of zones. And we've seen the zones were significantly smaller, especially the Hughes-Bain zone was smaller. Gold Coast is larger, but not to the size of, of Rothgar. Rothgar was a very large one. Is Gold, Gold Coast is bigger than Hughes-Bain? It is. Doesn't feel I, that way. I like that, but I don't. I don't know. Like Hughesbane, Hugh, I liked those zones. Hughesbane was good, but Hughesbane felt like another ESO zone, while Rothgar felt like a Skyrim zone. Uh, it felt right like Elder Scrolls for pretty much the first time in the game, uh, because and, and there's they brought some of that, but it was part of it was the size of it, and, the, and that you're doing a lot of travel. You, they they put you in a central hub. Uh, which they continued in Hughesbane with the Boz Landing, and you'd go back to it a lot, and then you'd head out into the wild again, and then you'd go back to it, and you actually felt like you were rooted in the zone. Uh, you know, you're like, this is our base, this is where we get things done. And it was a lot more immersive than, you know, basically traveling from quest zone to, you know, quest hub to quest hub, the, which is what the rest of the game was. Uh, Mornhold, for example, doesn't feel like a city, it feels like a quest hub with a bunch of lag. Uh, <laughs> uh, but, but Orsinium was, you know, incredible. It definitely was. It felt like a city that you were living in because you were all over it, going in different houses, meeting people, uh, and then you'd head out into the wilds again. And I really, really liked the way that zone was designed. And I mean, Vardenfield looked huge, so hopefully we're going back in that direction again. But it'll be interesting to see, like when Vardenfall comes out, the shape of the zone will probably be like a giant U, um, just because Ash Mountain being locked off for a later time. Um, because yeah, that's certainly something I could do is split it, which would be a little disappointing. But I mean, if you so look, do you think do you think they would split it, or do you think it would just be one big U zone? I honestly think it'll be closer to a U. I yeah, really just, do. especially with the six, uh, whatever the, you know, all the way shrine, all the way shrines, and all the dungeons that they're talking about, kind of shows that this is going to be a very big area, kind of like Rothgar. How Rothgar has the whole top part. The whole snowy land, and then the whole bottom part. Obviously, it's very big. Right. Definitely. As I'm trying to get my. There we go. Oh, why it's being so silly as it is, but it is. Um, player housing. We'll talk about that now. Uh, sorry, you made comment that the player housing. They made three different. There's three different plots that be shown, and I know at one point um, they actually added. We were in Grotwood. Okay, and to the far east of when you first land in Grotwood, there is a manor that has a wall around it, right? And they actually add it as a th uh, um, a thieves guild location where you can steal stuff. I'm imagining it's part of a a, a group of some kind. Um, but when we first saw a couple of those houses, I know there's one in Deshawn, uh in the lower eastern corner. Uh, I believe there's one in uh, Alakir Desert. There's these houses that you can't get by the courtyard, and I was always seeing this as being kind of an open world type house to an extent. Like once you go through the front gate of the uh, the courtyard, it's phased to you, and if you don't own it, maybe it's locked. You can't get into it. There's not a lot there. 
if you do own it, you start seeing all of your decorum that's all over the place. I kind of expect to see like a physical gate uh, rather than a phasing thing where you can go up and press E to enter and then cool. maybe there's an enter party members, you know, where they can give you those yeah. kinds of options uh, a lot more smoothly. Who but yeah, basically similar. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's, I mean, that's <clears throat> sort of like how the one in Grotwood is where it is a, um, you know, you hit the gate and all of a sudden once you're in the gate, there you are. And that could be the separating line once you're into the courtyard not like a not like just an open courtyard you just run through you actually have to interact and you go into a building but it's phased to you if you own it or you don't own it or whatever or your group leader however that's going to work um so i i I like the fact that they're adding three um there'll probably be one in in some of the major town balmoro probably one a a few of the big towns will probably have houses that you could buy so it kind of reminds me of the Skyrim model of housing where you are going to have plots you buy so the houses are already pre-built rather than allowing you to build like um, and again maybe yeah no I, I would imagine pre-built as well I don't, pre- I don't think yeah, I've ever here. seen like a sim style wall dropping yeah. uh, in, in an MMO uh, my big thing is you know I don't want it to be slot based like SWOTOR or Lord of the Wings Online because that is terrible uh, which I think is how Hardfire was, so that would kind of suck. Uh, you know, give us replacement. It's Star Wars Galaxies did it years ago. It was awesome. Wildstar just did it. You know, when they launched, it was great. Probably the best one we've seen yet. Rift does that too. You can actually yeah. just drop stuff, resize, and that's. I'm fine with not being able to. And I actually, I'm actually glad. It, I'm sad not like Hardfire allowed you to kind of build is kind of pre-done, but you know, you could choose a little bit. But the lore nut inside of me likes the pre-built house idea because the house is then lore specific to the zone you're buying it in. You know, like you're not going to see... That's dumb. You're dumb. No, I'm not. (laughs) (laughs) Nobody cares about that aspect of the lore. I do, because it would annoy me, especially if they had like a housing concept. I'm getting trolled here. Um, yeah, I, I like how they, they, they. If you buy a house in in, in a, a Dunmer city, it's gonna it's gonna look like a Dunmer house. It's gonna fall oh, on the, the well, well on the know. on the outside and with the walls. But as it comes to the interior, like the oh, house, yeah. the no, I want the bed range. and everything, then yeah, free range. Yeah, once you're inside and it's yours, it should be free range. You yeah. just allow you to do yeah. whatever you want. But I mean, I, I agree yeah, with no, the outside, yeah. the outside yeah. aspect. Obviously, you don't want to see a big old Brett in a home right in the middle of Balmora. It's like, oh, that, that wouldn't make any sense at all. So, I know. Californians keep doing that in Portland, and it's awful. UO um, had it in 1999 <laughs> with the housing where free placing of things. It's true. I didn't like when they added, I think it was Samurai Empires, where you could build your own. Because then you just bought the plot, and you can make it. You saw all sorts of random whatever. But I didn't mind when they had the pre-done houses. That you could buy. I need my handy dandy Khajiit spray because my cat will not leave me alone. I'm gonna sit here with it. Um, but yeah, no, I. We need that free range housing where um, you can put wherever you want. Like when you own it, it's an empty house, and I don't want to see Skyrim's housing, which was a lazy attempt. Where oh, you go talk to a guy and you buy a bed set, and all of a sudden it's just thrown in whatever random room. What if I didn't want it in that room? Yeah, that was terrible. Yeah. It, it was really, really bad. Um, 
James, you can actually, yes, you may post, uh, let me, you should, yeah, there we go. James, go ahead, you can post in in chat now links, or you should be able to. But um, not to photo bucket. But not to photo bucket. No, I don't care. Don't bother me. Um, this is 2016. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, people, people still use photo bucket? What? I know, that, that's what I just <laughs> I, I haven't used photo bucket in like 10 years. What are we talking about here? Yeah, I was a little surprised at that myself. Let me log on to my MySpace real fast. What? <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually looking at the. I like the housing floor plans. Yeah. See, yeah. If you uh, if you're in chat right now on YouTube, at least uh, James Harvey posted a photo bucket of his UO house showing free placement of items, and that is that is what I think all of us are looking for: the ability to, as I just sprayed my cat, um, the ability to free place stuff to make the house our own because. Any of the houses in Skyrim, the only thing that made it feel like my own was the fact that I could p- decide what items I stored in what containers. That was it. That was the only thing that mattered. Um, and it, it was not a fun aspect of gameplay. It really wasn't. So, eh. yeah. I, I want I want to be able to... I want, I want building items, too. Like, not just, you know, when, when you're in the house, make it open and let me sort of just start planting things down to build my own walls and barriers and yeah. You know, I want I want free reign of all three axes where I can just move things, you know, inch by inch uh, up the wall and rotate them. And uh, that was just something that I'm used to because games were able to do it like 10 years ago. <laughs> so don't give me SWOTOR's crappy slot-based housing. Yeah, right. No, it's that, that's just lazy. And it really, especially in modern... Wildstar housing, as much as I don't care for Wildstar, their housing was top-notch. Rift's housing is top-notch. I mean, it's... You can't... It's not so free-range. Like, you buy a a sliver or whatever it is, and it's an instant zone that it's just pretty dumb. But you could... Once you put stuff in there, you can resize things. It's really, really cool, and it... it, That's that's how it should be, honestly. Um, The U-based zones, the fact that when you looked at that first list of things, it was showing that all those, di- I really do think it's going to be one zone, like one really big zone, which makes me think they've been working on this for a while because Vardenfell, like, I have a lot of nostalgia from playing Morrowind, okay? And it felt huge in that game, and it should still feel big. I hope they don't shrink the island to make it fit a DLC. You know what I mean? I, I wouldn't even mind if it was sort of empty, frankly. I mean, I, I'm. I'm not a huge fan of the way MMOs kind of have like a trail with pockets of quest mobs, and then, oh. I mean, yeah, be, don't be afraid to leave a little bit of open space. Just, you know, that that brings value. It does. Yeah, I, I think it's, I think travel time is greatly underrated. Like, I, I think most people who played Skyrim you know the one of the best ways to really enjoy the game is to first get a mod so that your mount can be summoned to you, and then never use quick travel again. <laughs> I uh, didn't even do that. Ever. I just never use quick travel. I yeah. walked everywhere. They have a exactly. they have a very nice way shrine <laughs> mod too. So if you want to add way shrines like they have in Morrowind into your Skyrim. No, no. The whole point no. of this Nobody is wants that, that you don't no. use way shrines. Well, yeah. no. Remove the way shrines. Yeah. No. I mean if you're talking if you're talking vanilla Skyrim, no, that that's boring. 
No, I mean, that's awesome. That no, made the world no. feel I mean, huge. I mean, if you if you play my Skyrim, then yeah, you know, a modded Skyrim where it has, you know, 500 added random encounters and you're not just walking around the world. It's fun for the first 300 hours, but if you're somebody like me who's played, 12, you know, over 1,000 hours of Skyrim, it's like, no. Yeah, but, I don't think most people have played, you know, I think the first 300 hours is like a pretty good delivery on that. Yes, yeah, that, that's how much expectations I have for Elder Scrolls Six. So, convenience is a problem. That convenience in games is a problem because it yeah it makes oh I can jump in and do whatever, but people get bored then. Yeah, that's the problem. Uh, I don't know if you've read, I link it a lot in my blog, so maybe you have. But Professor Richard Bartle, which is the guy that designed the Bartle test, I'm sure mm-hmm. people recognize the name. He has an, an essay he wrote called The Decline of MMOs, and one of the great things he talks about in it is kind of the way players don't understand what makes a game good. Uh, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll cry and cry and cry for a feature like fast travel or flying mounts and then not enjoy the game once it has it, and then leave and then say it's, you know, and then misattribute the reason they're leaving. And, you know, you just kind of have to be able to ignore those types of things because it makes the game better even though it doesn't make it more convenient and then i don't know but and then there's always some guy in your forum that's going to say but more choice is always better which is something i have a post about all my end which is completely well, wrong well it's, it's uh, and more choice is not to, always better choice. well the idea is that that you have the choice you don't but, have to use fast travel it's just yeah, an but option let's, yeah, exactly. Which is that. a stupid response, as I'm getting to, because exactly, exactly. When w- it's it's not like these choices exist in a vacuum. It's not like I'm. It's not like my party. If I'm going to my, let's say, dungeons don't have fast travel. We're going back to like BC WoW. We've got flying mounts. And I'm like, yeah, I could, I could ride my my ground mount all the way there and really experience the world and be immersed in the journey and feel like I'm going somewhere, or I could hop on my flying mount and zoom over there in two seconds while everybody's waiting on me because they're all doing that. Uh, you know, which is going to happen. And, and one of them leads to a much better game than the other. Here, here's In also of... the issue, that the idea of the choice that you just mentioned. Yeah, you have the choice, but who's going to group with the dick who decides, I'm walking yeah. there when there's fast travel? Is your group going to wait on choices, you? Choices oh, are, can... One, oh, the, we, the existence of we were, one option we were, can override we the validity on, of another. I thought we were still on Skyrim here. Are we back to ESO? Oh, okay. No, no, no. We're, we're, we're talking about we're oh, talking, oh, we're talking oh, the yes. meta idea of... Yeah, which, which is that more choice is not always better. And no. I, I yeah. really well, I, I, I meant that as in the single-player perspective. Oh, in single-player. Like, yeah, like, just, just ignore it. It doesn't matter. But yeah, yeah, yeah no, you're no, absolutely no. right if we're talking about ESO. Yes, yeah. Now we're on ESO. Yeah, now we're on Okay. We did, we did jump. We're rapidly. all in the same tome right now. We're yeah. we're good. Yeah, it's the whole idea of the met- convenience factors end up killing games because then people race to the end, they're done and they're out. And then it doesn't give you the sense of of exploration. Look at look at Witcher 3. I'm trying to remember. Is there fast travel in Witcher 3? I don't think there is. I don't think yeah, there is. Yes, there is. Yes, there is. Yeah, you like go everywhere. to the random little like signs in every single oh, town. You're right. have the, the, signs you still have to walk to one of those, but yeah. Um, yeah. It's still a matter of that feeling you get when the world is large, when you're standing up on top of the hill and looking out over everything going, wow. Who cares if most of it's empty? Like, I, I honestly don't need a monster every three feet. Like, Witcher did great. Like, you'd be walking around, you might not see something right away. You're walking around, oh, it's pretty, oh, all of a sudden you see a wolf or something, and you're like, uh-oh, here it comes. But it doesn't 
have to be as densely packed as that. If you make it large with smaller grouping areas, that's awesome to me. I like that. Um, yeah, I, they just they need to make it grand because Vardenfell is is Morrowind. Like we've been, that was that it, it has a lot of nostalgia for a lot of players. If, even if you went to the original Bethesda forums, people were saying how, like, they were voting what's the best Elder Scrolls game, and Morrowind came out on top. Had more votes than any, because of, that was not just what a lot of people started with, but that's what really kind of solidified Elder Scrolls as an Elder Scrolls game, which made it feel like, oh wow, here I am dropped in the middle of this huge, gorgeous world. Gorgeous being subjective for 2000 era graphics, but... <laughs> It was still something that was really neat. Like, you walked around, and it was just, wow, where am I going? Let me seg back real quick to what we're talking about, just because I see the chat's going pretty well right now. You know, I, I think the thing that players often don't understand is features don't exist in a vacuum. Uh, you have an ecosystem that creates a game, and inserting one thing or removing another can drastically affect the way that players experience that game. And most players all of us probably to some extent don't really fully get what the impact of, you know, introducing one thing or doing another and little things. We talked about interdependence earlier, you know, that can seem like a little thing, but as far as, you know, rippling off to having effects on the game's community, just by making you go to talk to another player to do one thing instead of being able to do it on your own can be huge, even though it doesn't seem like it's going to be. Right. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, you talk about the ecosystem right there. Um, what is that? There was a, it's random, but Australia, there was a frog that they released to eat a certain beetle. And because it was the only frog in the world that would eat this beetle. And, you know, hey, when they released it, it was like, hey, it'll eat all these beetles that are a problem. Until the frog got released and went, I could eat that beetle, but there's a lot better things. So you ate everything but the beetle. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that I mean, is the metaphor I was making. Yeah. It, <laughs> <laughs> I love this guy. He's just got to come back. It's good. No, no, I, it's it's good that you explain that. I just, no, I, I just, I just want to use my exam. camera face. Yeah, just uh, I don't care. No, I like being trolled. It's cool. It's cool. Um, but yeah, you know, when you add certain, where was like even in WoW, where was the shifting point for people? There, most people will say like a lot of people left after uh, Wrath of the Lich King, but what? What fundamentally changed that drove people away? And one of the things I think that drove people away was that was when they started doing the, they started adding the convenience factors, the instant, like, um, the, yeah. the group finders and things like that. Group that, finders, being ported the dungeons, you know, flying everywhere, mm -hmm. flying in general. Because up, uh, well, they added flying back in BC, but the world still felt larger because of it. Um, yeah, they started removing uh, group challenges in random zones. Like there was group no longer gone. Yeah, uh, group basically gone. Yeah, they started removing point. it to make it more solo friendly. And that up until that point, WoW was in an increase. So before they even added those features, people were flooding to it. After that point, that's where it kind of maxed out, and then it started trickling down. I'm not saying that's what lost it, but every single game had a point where when they added something it the population shifted from a growing to a shrinking um 
Cal right. died for me when they mutilated druids. Well, everyone had a shifting <laughs> point where they, they changed something that fundamentally changed the game as a whole. Um, and with MMOs, a lot of the... A lot of modern MMOs... Modern MMOs... They lose that community feeling, which we talked about earlier, where they people are playing MMOs like single-player games. That's why people leave when there's no content, because they did it all solo. They don't have the community holding them together. Even with, I'm sure, a lot of people in our um, uh, Dungeon Crawler Network community, a lot of people are there because of the community that's there. A lot of people have, quote-unquote, finished the game already, but they're there to hang out and do the events So that, that the community creates, and that's what MMOs do. And somehow or another, we shifted back to our previous one instead of talking about Morrowind. Um, did anyone else have anything <laughs> they wanted to mention here before we before we move on? No. Mm-hmm. Um, no. So yeah, main thing, we're heading back to Vardenfell. Um, looking at the map uh, on Tamriel Foundry, you'll see quite a list of stuff. Oh, I f- almost forgot. There's a couple other things. Two more dungeons are being added. Um, I'm actually going to pull this back up, hopefully. We're going to Vardenfell. Yes, there it is. Um, where is it saying here? Uh, they already previewed the Clockwork City, um, which was pretty awesome. To be honest, I didn't think the Clockwork City was on Vardenfell. I actually thought it was somewhere else. But anyway, that's beside the point. Um, Tectonic shift maybe. slash the time. <laughs> I achieved Chim. That's how it goes. Uh, two new four-player dungeons, the Runes of Mazatun. As well as... Where was the other one? They just said it on here and I completely lost it. Um, why? Oh, they actually just said it in, on that list somewhere. Where did I pull that list up? Uh, Dungeon Cradle of Shadows, which will probably be a... Um, sort of like Crowswood, a pocket of Oblivion. So... Those are added as well. So we'll get two new public, or not public dungeons, group dungeons, which are awesome because I know all of us who do pledges and stuff, their four-man group dungeons are fantastic in this game. Like, they're really good. Um, So there we're going there. Um, Of course, some people were asking earlier about when we think this is going to show up. Um, Zoss has already previewed three other zones and dropped massive hints coming at the end of the Orsinium's main quest. Um, about where we're heading next. Um, privately and somewhat publicly, Zoss has been pumping up the big news that they're going to be talking about at their Bethesda um, E3 event on June 12th. So we'll actually probably hear what the next DLCs are at that event. I, I yeah. would imagine we're going to hear what Q3 and Q4 are at the B3, uh, BE3 event um, on June 12th. So... Yay, that's roughly about a month away. We should start seeing that. Um, anything else? Yeah, I got a little something. Okay. So uh, it says on the Wikipedia, this is about Clockwork City. The Wikipedia says Clockwork City is unknown, but it is thought to be located in Morrowind's southern swamps. Another source says that it's located underneath Ebonheart. Think of how interesting that would be if the whole time it's underneath Ebonheart and Stonefalls. No, yeah, no, that would be really cool. Like, yeah, that's, that's, that's the crazy. thing. I didn't think it was in Vardenfell. I actually thought it was away because the only yeah. of the tribunal, the only one who was actually on Vardenfell is Vivek. Vivek and his Vivek city. 
Um, <clears throat> Mournhold is Amalexia, and the Clockwork City is an unknown location, presumably underground. Um, mm -hmm. But I thought it was on the mainland, which is southern swamps. Yeah, it's somewhere on the mainland, Morrowind, not Vardenfell. Right. All right, guys, it's time for our gameplay. What have we been up to this week? And sorry, since you're our guest, you get to go first. Oh, great. I don't remember what I did. Oh, I played the entire Rothgar DLC, which was really good, just so I could talk about it. Um, I, my my experience was a bit jaded by the fact that I was trying to level my fighter skill skill line to 10 on the new character, and there was, like, no one dead there, so it was the worst DLC ever, and I hated every second of it. <laughs> uh, no, no, it, it was great. Um, and they should do more like that instead of making them small. Uh, yeah, that was what I did. I also Oh, and drinking and fishing. Nice. Yeah. Speaking of, I actually Learned would rather fish. they change their DLC thing. Like you said, how about you do one big DLC every two months rather than these small ones or every six months or whatever, and then maybe do a, a quality of life DLC in between. I would much rather have bigger zones like Rothgar because Rothgar was awesome. Right. I agree. Uh, I was Abba's Landing or... Uh... Q's band or whatever it's called was sort of a disappointment to me out of the city. It's like the city Hughes Bane is very nice, but out of it, uh, yeah, it didn't interest me too much. The, it was the, really nothing was there. The saving grace of that entire DLC was the fact they reused existing Tamriel to go back to complete yes. part of it. That's Same thing's going to be with Dark Brotherhood. You're going to take marks all over Tamriel, which in essence expands it out. See, in Dark Brotherhood, the, uh, the the Gold Coast is sort of the same way. You know, it's two very interesting cities that are huge and really fun to be at. But when you get out of those cities, there's just not much there. I mean, me and Ark were on the PTS, and we ran from corner to corner, up and down. And, you know, we Which did I, it. I suppose we did it. We did it. We did it, in, we did it in minutes. You would be and, where the people are at. And might I, might I just add, uh, you can't see the Imperials. You can't see the Imperial City in the background of uh, the Gold Coast. Shouldn't it be there? They say you can see the Imperial City from all over Cyrodiil, so just throwing it out there. Zosh, the made a mistake. We, we, have ex we, we explored every single corner, and it is not the Gold Coast exists in a dragon break. I guess, I guess so. Ryan, will they ever leave Tamriel? I honestly think ESO... He, he, ESO has years' worth of stuff, because just the mainland Tamriel that can be unlocked, they also have all the Daedric Realms. We've seen part of Cold Harbor, but if even if they only just did a zone that was of similar size, they still have, what, 11 others? Is that what it is? No, 15 others. or 16 Daedric Princes. Um, to see all of their all of their realms would be amazing. And then there also, there's other areas that we could see uh, during the time zone, or timeline of this. I'd like to see uh, Old Admiris. Uh I know it's probably frozen over, not it's, much it's, to it, but there. I don't think there's anything there. Just like where the red guards came from, I'm pretty sure it's completely sunk. I oh, think the only sunk. an, enti an entire, entire Blackreach DLC. Well, that's what I, I thought Merkmire was supposed to be. But <laughs> yeah. So the only place we'd actually get to see would be Akavir, and I think that they will eventually do it because I don't think it's a road that uh, the original Elder Scrolls games are ever going to go down. You know, um, like I don't think we're ever gonna see. I think you know there was a big conversation about this before on threads. I don't think we'll ever see the Elder Scrolls Akavir. No, yeah, you know, I'm pretty sure they'll stick in Tamriel all the way 
through a good amount of these single player games, which gives, which leaves it open for ESO to explore. Avi, what have you been up to this week? Oh, um, what what, what have I been up to? It's a, I hit well, VR fourteen. You and you were also <laughs> VR fourteen, huh? <laughs> I thought you said you were done. Yeah, I'm every almost. time you're like, I'm done leveling. I'm done. I'm just waiting for Dark Brotherhood. I'm like, well, yeah, that's like a month away. And you're like, no, I'm done. VR. I've been doing that too. I keep I keep telling people, yeah, you know, we'll just get me a new set of gear that you can make me, and then I'll just wait. And, and, and the Dark Brotherhood will probably come before I need a new one. And you, now I need another one again. Dark Brotherhood is when <clears throat> craft me gear. Uh, the 31st or something, 30th or 31st, it's the end of this month. You still got two weeks, Avi, I'm, two more vet I, points. I'm, I'm already three-fourths of the way to VR 15, so okay, yeah, so I'll, I'll, I'll like probably... like a day and a half in good play. Are you yeah, actually exactly. going to... Uh, I just want to hear this, because every show you're like, I'm done leveling. Are you going for VR 16 before Dark Brotherhood? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Only because I'm not... Uh, God, the word's zoning out on me. Attribute points or whatever... You know, you get one for every veteran rank, so I don't know if those are going to be given to you. Yeah, they're, they're, they will be. They're, they're just moving those back. They, into, they discussed yeah. it in one of their... So so, VR, so if I'm only VR 14 and they go away, when VR ranks go away, they'll give me two? Yeah. Okay. But you also, well, that... you got to remember the champion point thing that they're giving to you. You might actually get more champion points because of all your VRs, but... Well, I think it's only for one your highest level character. Yeah, I think it is. But and hey, it's only it's four it's forty. So just keep I'll, going. I'll be at I'll be at about five hundred once I get that. Just do it. I'll, I'll keep going. I'm gonna get it. I'll give you our sixteen so right. I could wear my wear my nice new jewelry and there you go. Oh yeah, new speaking crap. of jewelry, how's the uh, the Dark Lord? Uh, I think I think she's doing good. I don't know. <laughs> I don't have emotions anymore. Apparently, apparently people say my emotions are gone because I do not have a soul. Oh, she she, she sucked it out. <laughs> yeah. Um, First, you know, it was like Moloch Ball as soon as I got it back. It's gone again. Yeah. They did discuss, how, and for the people in chat who are asking, the 1 to 50, you will get it. I think it's every five levels they're giving you two, and then for every 10, it's like three. It, they're going to give those extra 16 yeah, points it's out. It's in 1 to 50 in some sort of composition. <laughs> yeah. It's weird how they're doing it. Like every fifth level, you get two, and then every 10th level, you get three. It's, yeah, you'll get them. Don't, don't worry. Um, well, that's good. Um, besides that, I've been saving up my gold keys. Been trying to do them. Up all night to farm gold keys. I got you. I've been yeah, saving know. my gold keys too. I have almost three of them. I have yep. one. I was gonna say I have about three. <laughs> oh, hey, hey, yeah, you, got, you guys want to do the pledge after this? Yeah, right. Right. Might as well. Uh, We're gonna need them because apparently you get a monster helm or you get a monster shoulder, pretty much guaranteed in gold. Yeah. And gold chest, really high so. on silver, so. And it's also really high on silver. Yeah. Oh, I, I I've been spending those. No, it's it's even yeah, higher. No, save everything. Silver. Yeah. Uh, uh. Sorry, needs his Molokina shoulders. It's like the, I already the have like eight pairs of those. I've had. I know. I have like three pairs of those. Yeah. Well, I I don't. Well, I need. <laughs> <laughs> just throwing it out there. No, I I need Engine Guardian, so I'm I'm right there with you. I assume they're not tradable, so I don't care. They're not tradable. Yes, they're not tradable. <laughs> Whatever you do, don't get rid of your well fitted. Because apparently that's a thing now. Because well fitted well, is changing. It just, it just gives you dodge rolling, right? Yeah, but when you really max it out, like you can dodge roll. Like honestly, well fitted may end up being a, a 
pretty big PvP thing. Yeah, PvP thing, yeah, for sure. We'll, we'll see how it does with Impen, but a lot of people are talking... I've heard someone say they're probably rolling with a full 7 well-fitted. Yeah, they just want to dodge, dodge roll their just life away, you know? Everything, yeah. Well, I mean, honestly, dodge They're bringing rolls, back infinite dodge rolls? Pretty much, pretty yeah. Pretty close, yeah. That's what it is. If you played a stamina character with 7 well-fitted, yeah, you're probably... You're dodging a lot. And if you think about it, dodge rolls, the best defensive because you're completely immune at that point. Nothing hurts you. Yep. Blocking, you're just reducing damage. Dodge roll is like the perfect thing because it's completely immune. So anything else, Avi? Um, let me think, let me think. I don't think so. I've been questing. Oh, I finished the main story. So I finally got to see, I finally got to fight Molag Ball in good graphics. Spoilers. Spoilers. Yeah. Spoilers. So sorry. Fight Molog Ball, people. Who would have? Who would have thunk? You know. Who would have thought the protagonist uh, you'd actually you know, face him? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. But God, he also has such a novel and unpredictable story. <laughs> of course. Oh well, well, that happened. I saw it in good graphics. I took 500 screenshots, so I hardly paid attention to what was going on. Just like most most people in in real life, you know, they go to a nice place and they don't just enjoy it. They pull their camera out and look through the screen. So I kind of did that. Right, and since he's holding his pet, I gotta hold mine's mine. better. You damn cat people. Mine's a kishi. Yeah, She's... I don't like I don't like cats, but pets give me allergies. My oh. cat's awesome. I get like a nice turtle or something. She's looking at me like, why'd you put your my paw in your mouth? It's like, put me down. Put me down. <laughs> Nah, she's like, oh, now, put me it's down. like, now you want me. Now frame you want me. Bottle, show me with off. a bottle for the last hour and 30 minutes. <laughs> no, not, not a doge, chat. It's a corgi. Yeah. And he refuses to look at the camera. Eh, she does sometimes, oh. but whatever. I don't know. All right. Well, that's my game. How about you, Jealous? Well, I had to prove Avi wrong. But first, before I do that, uh, I got to play with Thais a little bit. We actually finally finished Ordon. Now we're in Grotwood which have fun. The one thing I did like about it, which I'm really happy about is the first town you visit Haven starts out as occupied. And after you finish the quest, you take it over and it's friendly to you. Then Um, I actually like that. I wish more of the game acted that way to an extent because of phasing, but it, it felt nice to in other ones, when you've rescued towns, like in Ordon, I've rescued half a million towns. Like, every town I came across was in trouble. But after you saved it, the only thing that really changed was now there's just Ordon Marines walking around. They were walking around before, but they were fighting monsters. Now they're just standing there. You know, it's still burning. It's still whatever, but, you know. Or you, that, get those, you get those weird towns that are taken over by bandits, but the bandits are just standing there and they're highlighted yellow. So it's like you can attack him or you cannot, yeah. but they don't, mind, they don't mind you being there stirring things up at all. It's like, oh, that doesn't make much sense. Yeah, it's all good. Yeah. Um, so we did that. So that was nice. Um, so I ran with Zephin uh, and Nerdman and uh, Linwe, uh, and we were running Veteran White Gold Tower. Um, and we did it like four times in a row the one night after pledges we did all the pledges and then we are like hey want to do veteran white gold tower and I was like hey why not uh, so we were going for the undying and uh, the first time Nerdman effed it up um, at least his was a little better second time I effed it up at the final boss 
is, you know, I killed the, the one guy standing there, and I just stood in it, and I'm like, ah, it's not good. Instant killed me, and so that sucked. <laughs> uh, and then Zephin did it, too, the next run, and it's like, are you kidding me? <laughs> so we had, we just were, like, not getting it. And um, I think in chat, Avi's like, yeah, you're never going to get your helm anyway, because the other runs, after the third run, it was already, like, midnight, and but we had it down to, like, 15 minutes or something like that, because I ended up getting the speedrun achievement, getting the achievement on planar inhibitor not to allow anything to spawn from any of the portals uh and we did get the undying on the fourth run and when we got the undying i opened the the thing hey look it's a light mullet kina helm and it's divines wow, so I immediately look, at you all. look at you all fancy and sent it to avi saying so look what dropped since before he logged off for the night he's like yeah just give up you're never gonna get it <laughs> I was, I was a little drunk, sorry. Yeah, so the Light Bowl <laughs> Icana with a Divine Straight was pretty darn nice. awesome. That's so. that's just perfect in my eyes. Yeah, so I Except I, I know you do medium, but besides that... No, I'm, I'm light now, remember? I went to the dark <laughs> oh, side. Traitor! Uh, you going to talk about that at no, all? No, I'm not going to talk about it. I'm ashamed. <laughs> Enjoy um, your dress. Yeah, I'm very ashamed, actually. Um, all right, I'll talk about it. So I went full Magicka. Um... Because it's damage, better. and while I prefer, honestly, my biggest complaint is the fact of dual wield. That's it. Not that it's Magicka, that it's dual wield. Okay, I hate dual wielding. I'd rather use my great sword. I Pro agree. Dual wielding is for like fourteen year olds that really, really like the Drizzt books. Yeah, I don't like dual wielding. And it, yeah, I, I'm morally offended by dual wielding. No yeah. army in the history of human warfare has ever been equipped with dual-wielding weapons because it's terrible and impractical. It's just bad. Um, but yeah, that that was my major complaint. If I could actually use my greatsword, but if you use a greatsword, by the way, or one-handed, your your damage is just terrible. Um, like, two patches ago, greatsword was the way after you hit a certain point um, for Magicka builds. Um, but... It is what it is. Uh, and even stamina right now, the next Dark Brotherhood, it's dual-wield daggers um, is what it is. I like my greatsword, and unfortunately I can't use it. And I was I was working my butt off. I'd have to make sure my rotation was perfect, that I didn't miss weaves. And I might get somewhere in the 15 to 18k range, you know, single-target DPS. The Magicka build, which I pretty much just threw together, not even all golded, by the way, went in there. I'm pulling 20k without even trying, with it getting closer to 25k when I actually do my rotation. And I don't even have all the skills I need yet. I don't have proxy dead or anything like that, which is helpful. Um, so, yeah, I'm pulling like 23 to 25k on average with high points of mid-30s, you know, single target. It's just insane, the disparity how hard I had to work on stamina to get the damage versus Magicka. It's just... But yeah, my my main moral opposition to it is the fact I have to use dual wield. I... The next step in homogenizing, I'm, I mean, opening up build diversity, is clearly just to add Magicka morphs for two-handed weapon skills. What they need to do... Honestly, I'm still following the line of all class abilities should use whatever your highest resource is. Yeah, no, and that way the morphs are actually unique. It's not, oh, do I want the stamina or magicka morph? It's, oh, what does this do versus what this does? Because it uses whatever your resources is highest. 
um, whole other thing. But the other thing they need to do is either... I honestly think they should just remove the set bonus on the offhand. The offhand doesn't count. Or add two... Or two-handed weapons count as two set bonuses. So, you you know, you're holding a great sword. It counts as two. Um... I don't know because that's a lot. Yeah, of no, that's how we thought it was going to work uh, after the the preview build they showed us before the beta started, and I, I don't know if it used to work that way, and they changed it, or if we just misunderstood. Uh, but yeah, once the beta started, and it was a scaling up of different stats, and it was a uh, a little disappointing. Uh, yeah, like all two handed weapons, even staves, should count as two for a set bonus item, because that. It, 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 it is honestly the set bonus. It's like, it, I think I was even asking, like, uh, Outcast. I love Outcast. Sorry, if you don't follow him, he's amazing theory crafter for ESO. Um, one of the things I was complaining about, he's like, yeah, you'll do fine DPS with a two-hander as a stamina, but it's like you're intentionally gimping yourself because he's like, you're losing out on a set bonus. Why would you do that? It's like you're not yeah, that was that was abilities. that was like PTS feedback that I left. Was it's it's insane that dual wield gets an extra set, um, yeah. a set piece and and, and a one handed shield. And I cannot believe that's still in game like that because it's it's crazy. And, and the thing is, they should look at their metrics. They know at least in PV in PVP it's a little different, but in PV it, it when all your magicka builds aren't even using staves. They're using dual wield swords. Yeah, the metrics don't lie. Everyone's going for the set bonus because. To be fair, we did have like a year and a half of resto staff being the top DPS weapon. Good uh, point. Good point. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe they'll fix it another year. Or so I don't know. I honestly, yeah, they they, they just need to add two handed weapons. You need to count for two, two or which most people probably wouldn't like. No one likes things taken away. They like things added. I don't think anyone would complain if they added two set bonuses for two-handed weapons. But people would complain if the offhand didn't count. You know what I mean? Like if, oh. It would be more intuitive, I think, than uh, suddenly the offhand just not counting. I, I would give it that. Yeah. Whichever's in your main hand is the only set bonus that counts. People would be like, what? But no, I, I think that if they change that, the meta might change. But no one wants to give up that set bonus, especially if that set bonus is something like Torg's pack, which gives you extra spell damage or, or you know, whatever. You, you know, it just isn't... Ah. Ah. Video. Oh, yes. Skype has a, a limit on the length. Yeah. Uh, you can just restart your video. Yeah. Avi, you probably want to do the same thing. There you go. <laughs> I forgot hey, about that stupid There stuff. we are. There we go. Stupid Anybody stuff. from Discord is watching this, please give us video support. <laughs> yes. And right. we never have to use Skype again. Right. But yeah, so that was pretty much my week. Uh, Magicka, like I said, it's fun. I mean, I miss the stamina for the dodge rolls because I really did, other than when I'm attacking. Attacking, I because puncturing sweep, of course, it heals me. Um, I feel like I don't die. But I felt more survivable as stamina because I think uh, when we were doing DSA, everyone was dead in my party except for me, and those guys couldn't kill. I'm like dodge rolling, yeah. healing with vigor and rally, like. And then major mending from uh, purifying, which is popping a few heals here and there too. Yeah. Uh, like I, well, you know, when I don't want to die on my stamina build, I don't die. <laughs> yeah, you just don't die, 
And it's it's probably why it's so popular in PvP still, because you just don't die. Um, But, yeah, unfortunately, as much as I love stamina, and this is what kills me, because it's my preferred playstyle, I really like it. It, it, I still want to complete stuff in the game, and I don't want to hold my group back going, I could be doing five... I'm honestly doing 5k more DPS than I was in stamina without even trying. Like, I mean, it, the disparity is insane. Like, it, sometimes I weave, sometimes I don't. <laughs> uh, sometimes I don't. I let my dots run out and I don't apply them right away. And I'm still pulling 20k versus the stamina where everything had to be perfect and I might get 18. You know, it. yeah, it is what it is. All right. Um, let's see here. Guys, that's... uh. We got some emails to go through, so Avi, I'm gonna let you read these emails and five star reviews from iTunes. Oh, really? Yeah. Do you have the notes up? Uh, yeah, okay. I do. Uh, okay. Uh, you, you see how he does that to me, people? Oh, at least doesn't, you at least you knew you were coming a... on the show. <laughs> I think the I think everyone was surprised because that we announced Asari was coming on the show like a week ahead of time, and they were like, "What? You didn't give him 20 minutes like you do everyone else." <laughs> I literally invite people on the show, like, I get them into the chat. Hey, you want to be on Tales? Sure. Okay, we're going live in three, two. <laughs> we, we used to do that to people on TSOCast. It was pretty fun. Mm-hmm. Like, I need a guest. Get in here. Get over here. Yeah, exactly. All right, Avi, continue. All right. We got a, from my chance, we got a five-star from MDK and J. I'm just going to say that because I think that's probably right. He says, really enjoy this podcast. Their enthusiasm for the game is the same enthusiasm shared by many of us in the community. Their honesty about the good and the bad elements of the game is typically an honest reflection. Elements of the game is typically an honest reflection of the game. And there is rarely something happening in the game that isn't mentioned on this podcast. A highly recommended listen. Well, thank you. There you go. Thank you so uh, much. And these 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 names. A lust to listen for any ESO fan by player eight two six two two eight one nine two six three eight. That was fun typing a, that in too, by the way. What a what a name. Okay. A wonderful, informative, and entertaining podcast for any ESO fan. Love you guys. Another five star from Susie Q Boston. You guys are you guys are great. I am a wicked ESO nerd, and when I am out and about, I listen to you guys on my podcast. Then yesterday, when servers went down, I got to watch Avi play the new Dark Brotherhood DLC on the PTS. Thanks, you guys. Keep it awesome. Ah, I, I remember you. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Thank you for the follow. Twitch.tv slash Avi Optimal. Shameless plug. There you go. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Love and Tales from Lisa... Is that right? Felicia, yeah. He's Felicia, in our guild. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I play with them all the time, but the name, okay. I love listening to the Tales podcast while while community while commuting to yeah. work in my car. A jealous and optimal reinforce in me how much I love ESO. Thanks for the great show, gentlemen. I look forward to your 200th episode. Got a little while to go for that one. We're only on 108. But... 108? Oh, man, yeah. Seen a few years. Um, all right, then lastly, oh my goodness, jealous. Do you want me to read this one? Yeah, take this one, man. 
Uh, this is from Matt. Matt writes to us, I've been meaning to send a message to you all for a while now. I'm glad I finally got uh, found the time. This is clearly something uh, you and Avi are passionate about, and I think that is the reason why it flows as easily as it does um, in your show, except for this show, because it didn't flow at all. It was terrible. Additionally, it is incredibly apparent um, all all the work that you put into planning and then... Ed- I feel like I'm lying when this goes. No, I know. Um, this is not yeah. the experience I had. <laughs> Didn't I just get done saying about the 20 minutes before I pull someone? No, it's, thank you, Matt. No, I'm just I'm just giving you giving a hard time to us rather than you. But um, this is all extemporaneous. Yeah, he says that uh, apparently the random mess that is Tales of Tamriel seems to have been well planned. Um, so thank you for that. Um, yeah, final editing on the product. That being said, it is not lost on listeners, and I can say I enjoy it very much. Well, thank you so much for thinking that I work harder than what I do. Now, there, there is planning that is done, sometimes less than, you know, like the randomly pull stuff in. But, yeah, I mean, if you look at our show now versus, you know, a year ago, you'll see the progression as we go through. Always looking for things. Um, I'm a P- PC transfer to PS4. I switched because uh, I'm pretty console-centric, and frankly, PvP is my main reason for playing the game, which has seemed to be much better on consoles. Um, anyway, I wanted to talk about a few things that I like about the show and uh, a few of the things that I miss about the show. One of the things I appreciate about the show from earlier episodes was the balance that everyone brought to the show. Avi brought the single-player element, storyline side of things, and Esteldian was pretty much obsessed with endgame content. Then somewhere in between was the jealous who could add to just about what anything anyone said. Um, that's just because I like to talk. Pull it all out of my butt. That being said, I do think something was lost when Esteldian left. Not to say I don't enjoy the show just as much, because it arguably has gotten more entertaining. However, it was helpful when I was newish to the game to hear a jealous and Esteldian theory crafting on the air. I completely understand why Esteldian is not on the show anymore, as it was as um, as it was sad to hear him emphasize each week that he didn't log in that week. But needless to say, he is missed. Um, Matt, are you sure you're not Esteldian? Because he once had a, a review that was just him, and uh, it's highly suspect anytime Esteldian's talked about in in a good light on this show. Just kidding. Either way, I would definitely like to hear a bit more strategic talk about patch notes and how it will affect best-in-slot gear, moves, and classes. I know that it isn't always the most important thing to PvE when a new set comes out because typically if something is accomplished in PvE, that's all that matters. Okay. However, typically in the PvP community, a slight edge is a massive difference. It might be just because I'm PvP centric, but there's a lot of examples of sets being introduced in every patch that show how the goals of the game makers and what parts of the game they don't like. Vicious Death, uh, Facilis Guile. Hopefully this didn't come across as critical because I love the show as is, emphasis added uh, by him, it is really just a discussion of strategy is something that I miss. All the best, Matt. Um, I do like talking theory crafting, and obviously, if you just listen to our tales, I think I went on to a rant about Magicka. So I do talk about that from a PVE side, and when it is appropriate, I will uh, try to make Avi theory craft with me and Nate. <laughs> More guests with that. Our guest is uh, sorry, and make him talk theory crafting with me. Perfect. I, I, 
Asari was sending me that. messages on Discord saying, I want to make heavy armor work. Obviously, he, he I think he gave up on that. But... Well, well, For sartorial well, reasons entirely. I still think I still think uh I I think we could see Black Rose uh become popular with the big buff to the return from the new Wrath passive. Yeah. I think Wrath's the one returning it. It is, yes. Yeah. Assuming um, they leave that set untouched. I couldn't get it on the PTS because they didn't give me any Telvar stones and they didn't put it in any of the boxes in the inventories. I wanted to look at it. There's a few but, things uh, that Zoss could do for PTS testing, such as you know, they already give you like a mil a hundred million gold. Maybe they give you 100 million Telvar stones. Maybe they fully level werewolf and vampire. Maybe maybe give you more inventory slots that are actually unlocked so you can actually open the boxes. Well, you can technically there like... buy them in the crown store because everything's one crown. Oh, crown yeah, store. true. They give you like 5,000 crowns. Well, yeah, I, I did it with gold, but it was just annoying that I had to go to. <laughs> Either way. Okay. Yeah. Um, Matt, I will do my best to talk more theory crafting, and I do when appropriate. Um, there was a little bit more when Estelle oh, yeah. was it here. Is the Constitution but... passive and not Wrath that does the return? Yes, Constitution does it. But... Yeah. Thank you for your email. I'm glad you really do like the show. And, uh, yeah, I do like talking theory crafting, even when I have to go Magicka. So. Sure. All right, guys, final thoughts. End of the show. And I'm going to let our guests start first. So go ahead and... Uh... Oh, my goodness, this show's two hours long. How in the world did that happen? Um... I have no idea how that happened. Anyway, sorry. Why don't you go ahead and uh, give final thoughts to the show, do where people can find you, any kind of personal shout-outs, anything like that. Uh, yeah, no, I had a good time. I think we had a good talk. Good, yeah. uh, good stuff, even though we didn't have a lot of to topics to work with, uh, especially given that two of us hadn't played Morrowind to talk about <laughs> part of the, <laughs> the Morrowinds. Uh, yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Ethan McPhee. Um, I write for MMO Games, Tamriel Foundry. Uh, you can find basically everything that I write that I think is worth sharing on my blog at errantpenman.com. I think that's all the plugging I need. To do. I also have a Facebook page that I don't really use. It, it just like auto post blog things. I think like seven people like it, so feel free to go find that. <laughs> uh, yeah, anyway. I, I look forward to coming back sometime and explaining to you how business works. There you go. <laughs> Maybe next time I'll name it business can, and math, and then yeah, yeah, we can come back and have more discussions of the function of equity in you know, the business environment. That'd be great. Well, sorry, you're welcome on any time you want. We always we do have that one box down there that even when Nate comes back, that's empty. But the only problem is you'd have to wake up. Oh yeah, that was awful. I'm so excited yeah. to go eat breakfast. So, like, I really want Asari on more, but I have to try to convince him to wake up at, like, 6 in the morning to get to the show, so... Or, yeah. or you could postpone it. I was told that there would be European people here, and that was the reason it was well, so early. And next he's week gone. he's going to be here, so... Uh -oh. <laughs> Damn. Yeah. So, whenever, whenever Asari just randomly wakes up, he might get pulled in. So, you know, it happens. Yeah. Uh, Avi, sir, you... Uh, yeah, this was a really good episode. I enjoyed it. Uh, it's great having you on, Asari, and it was fun talking about all the crazy stuff. Half of it I didn't understand because I just play Elder Scrolls games. So, yes, yeah, it, it was a good time. Uh, you can find me at Avi Optimal pretty much everywhere. Twitch, YouTube, Twitter, DungeonCrawlerNetwork.com. Anywhere to find me, I'm there. And that's at Avi Optimal, A-V-I-O-P-T-I-M-A-L. You know, I, I just, I thought of something, Avi, before we finish this. You know, uh -huh. we gave Asari all this 
notice time, right? You know right. what we didn't tell him? No, don't don't tell him. <laughs> don't tell him. Just no. see what happens. Yeah. Are you sure? No, you should tell him. All right. Yeah, I'm just like, we, now, we now always, I'm serious. <laughs> every time I invite a guest, other than Arkneer, he he would have known this, and 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 gentlemen, sour they got the uh, they got the notice. When I end the show, I play music, and everyone mutes up. But normally. If I don't tell the guests, they just start talking. Oh, that's an awesome show. And we're not answering in chat. Just uh-huh. <laughs> and so, then chat and then chat room gives you a hard time. Yeah, they do because you're, <laughs> you're just talking. They only hear you because you're talking. You're talking over Maluka. <laughs> so they're like, uh, "Excuse me, how dare you talk um, over?" Voice? Avi, chat room says you're missing a shout out. Shout out to Amanda. There you go, <laughs> my master. I've heard she gives out free stuff. I heard that too. But it's kind of like Lord of the Ringsy, where after you accept it, you're eternally bound to her. Yeah, she said she'd own my soul, but I'm pretty sure I don't have one if I know the game's lore correctly. So, I got got my soul back, and then it was taken away from me. And apparently, (laughs) it was put in a a box with uh, holes for it to breathe that she covers up with scotch tape every time I do something wrong. I think it's... you've just invented a new fetish. Apparently. <laughs> I right. can see that. Well, for me, awesome show. Thank you. Sorry for coming on. We really appreciate it. Um, come on more often because you were fun to have on. Teaching me about business and math. Um, not math. Not math. Math was mine. I like math. Anyway, you can find me in-game at Agelos, A-G-G-E-L-O-S. You can find me on Twitter, Agelos, A-G-G-E-L-O-S, underscore W-O-F. Uh, be sure to follow our Facebook group, facebook.com slash Network. Of course, you can follow us on YouTube at youtube.com slash Network, twitch.tv slash Network. Kappa is sure. Uh, we have a Facebook, or we already did Facebook, Google+, Steam. We have Steam groups, PS4 communities. We have the EU Guild um, Wings of Fate. Uh, message Arkaneer, who was on last week. He is our guild leader over there on the EU side for our EU community guild. Gentleman Sour is our Xbox One mega server guy. And of course, you can message me in game if you're interested in joining any of our guild events uh, with Wings of Fate on the North American PC side as well. Um, thank you so much to everyone who supports us over at patreon.com slash Network. We hope you enjoyed this episode. And we will see you next week, Sundays, 10 a.m. Look at these guys. They're tired. (laughs) Have a great night, everybody. So this is where I talk if I want people to hear me instead of Maluka, right? (laughs) The serpent likes the ancient sky and red of tainted stars. Evil stirs and in its wake the souls of mortals sway and so
Heroes will.